As we continue this Christmas morning, this series that we've called Missing Peace, I want to I wanna say this at the beginning, and I'll say it at the middle, and I'm going to say it again at the end. I believe we have a profound ability to complicate what is really simple. And when I say we have that ability, I don't just mean like we or we. I mean like we, like humankind has a great propensity to take what's simple and just find a way to complicate it half to death, right? We've taken this season that's meant to be about getting together and expressing our love to one another, and we've turned it into this chaotic and busy and hectic and stressful season because that's what we do. We take really simple things and we just complicate them half to death, right? And, and, and nowhere is that expressed more than in some of the most famous Christmas songs, this simple idea of, you mean a lot to me, here's a simple gift to say that you mean a lot to me. And we've turned it into stuff like the 12 days of Christmas. That song literally stresses me out. Like the, the lack of financial stewardship in that song, right? And then you've got like swans and geese and hens, and pigeons, and partridges, like, what's with the birds? Truly, like, apparently that song was written to the crazy bird lady, right? That's my true love. She's nuts. And I bought a whole bunch of bread. That's the chorus that never made it popular. A, a ton of bread, because you got to feel the bird. Like, it's, it's ridiculous, right? And a little creepy, because like, hey, guess what I got you, honey? Twelve ladies dancing. Ew, well, what? I don't, I do not recommend that gift for any, anybody to do that. But there's a, there's an organization, PNC Financial Group, for 37 years, for, uh, since 1984. They have figured out with their financial math little wizardry, how much would it actually cost to buy all of those gifts, right? And it's crazy. So for 2020, again, they've done this every year. So for 2020, if you were to buy all of those gifts for your true love, it would cost you $16,168.14. I just got to tell you, if I spent $16,000 on Marisa for Christmas, it would not be very merry. (laughs) Right? She'd be like, well, my true love's going to return some birds. I hope you kept the birdie receipt because it's going back. And so they've been tracking this for all these years. And here's the thing about $16,168.14. That's actually a bargain. That's actually down 58.5% from last year. Almost a 60% reduction year over year. Last year, those 12 days of Christmas would have cost $38,993.59. But this year, because you can't go to events where you see lords a-leaping or ladies dancing, I mean, I'm sure there's places, because uh, um, Broadway's closed and whatnot, and because it's hard to find stuff and whatever, they literally showed this huge decrease, almost a 60%, get a grip, a 60% decrease in, <laughs> I've completely lost my grip. I just thought about the fact that my mother's wife. Anyways, um, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, this huge reduction. So for this year only, 60% off. 
The 12 days of Christmas, just call the number at the bottom of the screen. No, I'm just kidding. Like, this great bargain. So finally, 2020 brought us something good. That, that's great. It's only $16,000 for the 12 days. And the ridiculousness of all of that is a great holiday picture of our tendency to take what is simple and just complicate it. And because of those complications, because of the noise, many of us have found ourselves missing peace. In the season that celebrates the advent of peace... We don't really experience a whole lot, and I think it's found in some beautiful simplicity. So I invite you please to grab your Bible this morning. Um, if you're a visitor today or if you're logging with us online here and you're like, hey, what's, what are we about to do? Uh, we have a creed that we say together, like a declaration of faith and a, a prayer before we dive into this book. And if that's where you're at on your spiritual journey, then we invite you to join with us. Even if you're uh, watching online, we, we encourage you to say this out loud. This is a good uh, expression of, of verbal faith. So if you're in the room, hold up your Bible and let's say this together this morning. The Bible is the word of God. The truth of the Bible will change my life. Lord, open my heart and awaken my mind and give me grace to respond. Change me for your glory and my joy. Amen. Thank you so much. Please turn again to Isaiah. And this time Isaiah chapter 26. We were in the book of Isaiah a couple of weeks ago, and if you've not been tracking with this this series, Missing Peace, we, we started off in the traditional Christmas passage, Luke chapter 2, uh, where there were shepherds out in their fields keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel appears. They were really afraid. He said, don't be afraid. Why should you not be afraid? Because I have good tidings of great joy for all people, for you, to you, is born this day, like an actual day on the calendar in the city of David, an actual place, an actual baby is born who's the Savior, Christ the Lord. And then the multitude of the heavenly hosts appear, and the song they're singing or the, or the poem that they're saying really loudly is, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. We said that that Savior borns the world when we orient our lives around Him, when we, we live for His praise and for His glory, we are, we're praising our way to peace. Glory first, peace second. Not peace from earth, peace on earth, because there's glory to God. The the second week of this series, we went to Isaiah chapter 9. We looked at one of the prophecies about this baby who would be born to a virgin, that, that his name will be called Prince of Peace, that he's the prince. He's got authority, that we got to preach to ourselves. He's still on the throne. Even when there's, there's not a lot of pos, uh, peaceful events around me and peace doesn't seem possible, he's still on the throne of peace. And he's going to make war for anything that's going to seek to take that peace from me. He's inviting me into a kingdom of peace. We preach that to ourselves. We praise our way to peace and we preach our way to peace. And then last week we looked at the life of Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. This idea that, that the prince of peace was born into a relationship that trust seems to have been broken. There's false accusations with this unexpected pregnancy. There's there's threats of divorce. There's no doubt whispers and stares. And in the midst of that division, there's this hope of, of peace among us. And, and it's the, this idea that, that, that we, we read in Psalm 34 that we seek peace and pursue it. That because we've been given peace with God, we pursue peace with others. And the, the 790 verses in the Bible that talk about peace capture that peace with God, spiritual peace, 
peace within, emotional peace, and then peace with others, relational peace. And then there's another kind of peace that's all of those wrapped up in a Christmas bow. It's called shalom. It's the idea of together, whole, flourishing, the peace of God. Peace with God, peace within self, peace with others. And that's shalom. That picture is what we see here in Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says this, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Wherever our, our focus is is where our faith is going to end up being. And when, when our mind is stayed on him and trusts in him, he will keep us. Beautiful word there, keep. In perfect shalom. In perfect peace. Now this word stayed is an awesome word. It's an awesome word and it's a word that we've been using a lot in our home lately. And so I'm going to talk about the puppy again. Those of you who've been with us, you've been hearing a lot of stories about the puppy. My boys are really glad that we got this puppy because I'm using her as an illustration more than them. Um, but th- this idea of stayed on him. This idea of our, of our mind stayed on him. We're trying to teach the dog to stay, right? But she's a puppy, and so she's excited about nothing all the time. She's either asleep or insane. There's no in-between. And so when we're trying to get her to stay, we have her sit, and then we say stay. But because she's insane, she's sitting on her tail, which can't wag, so she's literally just shaking about nothing. Not, there's nothing. There's no treat. There's not like prime ribs sitting on the, the counter. There's nothing happening. And if you truly want to feel like a fool, see yourself tell a puppy to stay. The faces that we make stay like she can tell all oh, the eyebrows are out. I should stay. True, like, stay, like if I say it longer, like I'm now talking like Scooby-Doo, stay, like why do we do this? The poor dog, she's just like, he's crazier than me and I can't even sit still. And, And the beauty of this verse is I think everything is screaming for our attention right now when we're looking a whole lot of different directions. Like, are we re- recounting the votes again? Like, oh, oh, we're having to do elections over again in certain spots. Oh, dear. Oh, wait, did somebody else get sick again? And, oh, wait, what's the, when are the vaccines coming? And when, when am I going to get them? I don't work in the medical field. Great. I've never wanted to be a nurse before. Now I do. Like, like crazy. We're so worked up. And truly, like, I think this text wants to speak over the people of God today. Stay. Like, just be still for, for a minute. I talked about this verse to our faculty and staff at TCS when we came back in August. And the, the chaos of what this year has been. And then the chaos of trying to navigate remote learning and hybrid versions of that. And what's this going to be? And I talked to them about this and said, our minds have been a million places And a new million places are about to whisper for their attention again. And yet the the beauty of this text is if we want to experience shalom, if we want to experience peace, he's saying, stay, just be still. 
like right now, you hear the voice of, just kidding. And he's telling us just to stay. So this word stay is, is one of those picture words, which literally means to lean against, like to prop yourself up against, to fully rely on. Like your Jesus is such a crutch to you. Mm-hmm. That's where perfect peace is found. And when I try to stand on my own, I tend to fall on my face. So crutch, please. That when we, when our mind rests fully, leans completely on him, that's where we find peace. But not just peace. Put that verse back up there for us, Ethan. It's perfect peace. This is really important because he doesn't just promise shalom, which is this beautiful word that we've been talking about for weeks. But by the way, we're going to talk about it next week again, if Lord willing. Like this, this beautiful word, but it's not just shalom. I'm really excited about this. This is really cool. It's not just peace. It's perfect peace. Literally, if you look this up in the Hebrew Bible, this is so cool. If our mind is fully leaning on him, he will keep us in shalom, shalom. How cool is that? Literally, it repeats the word twice. Like everybody my age is like pan, pan, pizza, pizza, peace, peace. Is that awesome? That that it's not just human flourishing, it's flourishing, flourishing. Like it's not just thriving, it's thriving, thriving. That that when we, in the midst of the noise and the distraction and the chaos, stay <laughs> centered on the Prince of Peace, there's a promise of double peace. Double rainbow. Like double peace. How great is that? You will keep him in shalom, shalom, whose mind is stayed on you. And the thing is, we just don't have a million reasons in 2020 to be distracted. The the fact is, I I was listening to a sermon about this text by Louis Giglio. I think the world of Louis Giglio, the whole name for this series actually came from one of his Advent series, Missing Peace. I was like, oh, that's an awesome idea. And I don't think I ever gave him credit for it. So this is me giving him credit for it. But he talked about this idea of our mind being stayed on him. And he said, the reason a lot of us don't feel a lot of peace or experience a lot of peace is because we have instant access to anti-shalom in our pocket. This thing screaming at us, getting the phantom buzzes when nobody even texted us. Surely I'm that important. Oh, wait, nothing happened. (laughs) Right? Come on, you know what I'm talking about, the fake notification. That our mind is distracted even when it's not distracting us. And it's not just the noise. It's not just the what's the latest news and I gotta keep up and I gotta know and I I gotta, I can't be out of the loop. The the worst part of this anti-shalom in our pockets is the, the cancer of comparison. Like for some of us, peace is being robbed for us because we're living this virtual life where we think everybody else is more at peace than us. And I gotta speak this over somebody. Like I, I'm just telling you, I believe this is from the Holy Spirit for somebody today. The Holy Spirit of God wants to let somebody in this place off the hook today for having a perfect Christmas this week. Like the, this idea of I gotta make sure my Christmas cookies look good on Instagram. That's not from Jesus. 
They probably downloaded stock photography anyway. She can't cook. Like, stop. You're like, oh, look at all the presents under their tree. They must have had a better year than us. Oh, look at how she looks in those Christmas pajamas. It's a filter. You saw her yesterday. She doesn't look like that. Let yourself off the hook. For some of us, we've created this false version of what the holidays need to be so that somebody else on their device can have peace robbed from them by our goodness. We're perpetuating sin in comparison. And all it's doing is robbing everybody of peace of mind. All it is is another noise going, hey, look over here. And we're just like the little puppy being like. We're, we're and, and here's the thing. The. This amazing day and age, and I can't imagine walking through COVID-19 without constant access to information. But can you imagine walking through COVID-19 without constant access to information? How much different would this year have been? This constant noise, and the amazing thing is we know what's happening at all times everywhere. Anything that some dude finds newsworthy interrupts our pockets, right? And we're constantly being drawn to this thing, and the world is shrinking. But globally, we see that anxiety is growing. Because there's no off button to this anti-shalom. And, and, and that idea of anxiety, so maybe you know this, maybe I've talked about this, I know I've talked about this before, maybe you remember this. The word anxiety literally means to pull apart. Anxiety means to pull apart. Here's why that's important. Shalom literally means to put together. It's wholeness. Like literally, we, we keep looking at the stuff that's pulling us apart and we're like, man, I just feel like I'm falling apart. No, you're being pulled apart because our minds are everywhere except for stay on him. And when our minds are stayed on him, he puts us together. In shalom, shalom. In perfect peace. This is the beauty of, of focusing our minds on him. We have a profound ability to take the simplest things, to make them complicated. But we serve a God who has a profound ability to take what's most complicated and make it simple. He takes the most complicated thing that's ever existed, namely the salvation of all of humankind, his solution, a baby. <laughs> How great is that? And then he takes our pressure, our anxiety, our worries, and our fears, and he goes, here's the solution. Look at me. May your minds be stayed on me. And I'll keep you in shalom, shalom. That, that talk that Louis Giglio gave, he talked about the nativity scene. In, in a way that I thought was awesome. And, and I want us this morning to let the nativity scene bring this home in a way that I hope we can take with us this week. That actually will affect our experience of peace this week. So I want to show you a picture of, um, of a nativity scene that means a lot to me. 
This is the nativity scene from my home growing up. My mom bought this nativity scene her very first Christmas after she left home married my dad. So it's like a million years old. Okay, not really, but it's, it's old. Um, and I remember this nativity scene from my childhood. From my youngest years, I remember this nativity scene. And, um, you know, my brother Mark is no longer with us. It's just me and Greg, and he's the least sentimental human being ever, which means when mom passes, I get the nativity scene. So that's good. Um, like, I, I love this nativity scene. We were able to take pictures of it. Shout out to Blake for great pictures of the nativity scene. Because um, my mom hasn't settled here in Fort Worth yet, but we have all of her stuff in storage. So I was like, oh, the nativity scene is here. And so it's in our home now. Um, but we took this picture because I, I want us to, to let this be a, a living, breathing example of how we have taken what is meant to be simple. And we've just complicated it. Because maybe what you didn't notice in this picture is there's some stuff that doesn't belong. Specifically, if we can zoom in to the bottom corner here. There's a snowman from the North Pole at the birth of the Messiah. So let's talk about that for a minute, right? The obsession with snowmen. Was it snowing on that great Christmas morning? Probably not, no. Um, now it does snow every now and then in Bethlehem. It snows about as frequently in Bethlehem as it does here. Bethlehem and Texas have very similar weather. So it's not that a white Christmas never happens. It's just not frequent, right? But probably Christmas wasn't on December 25th. If you didn't know that, and I totally just ruined your Christmas. I'm so sorry to be the one to tell you that. We don't really know when Jesus was born Most people think it was probably springtime, like around when we actually celebrate Easter is the best guess of when Christmas was. Some think it was full-blown summer, like the heat of summer. And then other people are like, no, it's more like January. But the answer is we don't have a clue. So it's probably unlikely that there were snowmen sitting outside the stable being like, bye, buddy. You know, like, I just don't think that's what happened. (laughs) Regardless, regardless, the North Pole had nothing to do with any of this, right? So if we're going to find some peace this Christmas, let's simplify that by removing the snowman from his place. Now, behind the snowman, you may or may not notice here, we have a Christmas tree. Yeah. So here's the thing about the Christmas tree. Uh, maybe growing up, your mom was like, Christmas trees are the devil. Don't you know that's from witchcraft? Any of y'all ever heard that before? That's like a legit common, like, don't you know that's the, no, no, not really. But nonetheless, there's not pine trees in Bethlehem, right? And we don't know anything in the Bible about anybody really like sticking lights on a tree. Um, Cause back then that would have been a flame. And that's really kind of frowned against. By the fire marshal. So um, the Christmas tree does not belong in the nativity scene as well. So we're going to remove the Christmas tree. Now, as we're beginning to get our focus a little bit better, um, there's something you may or may not have noticed on the other side of the stable. He's kind of hard to see because he's in the shadows. <laughs> Thank you, Neil, for letting us use your prop. Um. 
I've come to see Jesus. And like I, <laughs> he looked at the gold, frankincense, and myrrh and was like, I can do better. Um, so this is just meant to be a glimpse of how we've so commercialized this season of simplicity. And, and I think this needs to be said. And, I, and I'm not trying to like be a bah humbug or a Scrooge or like totally kill the Christmas buzz this morning. But I just think it's important as the people of God that we're real for just a second and say, it's kind of ridiculous. Like specifically as middle-class American Christians, it's kind of nuts, right? For some of us, buying gifts is so hard because every person in our life is so spoiled, we can't come up with anything else they need. Like, let's just keep it real for a minute. My wife doesn't like buying gifts for me because I'm hard to buy gifts for because I don't need anything. I'm spoiled rotten. It's ridiculous, right? And I'm not saying don't be grateful for that, but can we just be honest for a minute? Part of the, not part, a huge part of the stress of this season is our own affluence, spoiledness, and demand for more. The the fact that billions and billions of dollars are spent to tell us what we want means we have a lot, right? You ever thought about that? Like of the billions spent around the globe to market things, to sell things, most of those marketing dollars are spent here. Because they know that if they don't tell you you need those shoes, you won't know you need those shoes because you don't need those shoes. Because people who need shoes know they need shoes, right? But they spend all this money to get us to spend that money because it's not really a need, it's a want. So we just have really cluttered this whole simple, beautiful story of a Savior born in a simple place, in a simple town to simple people with this commercial. So, sorry, Batman, you got to go. Isn't it cool that the shadow goes away too? It's like Batman really left. Okay, since we're on that side, let's talk about the three wise men. So we do not know that there was three. We do know that there were three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Um, my, my boys were talking about the Tim Hawkins, uh, talking about the baby shivering in the cold. Let's bring him silver and gold. How about a blanket? <laughs> baby shivering. Anyways, um. So they did bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh, uh, but we have no idea how many there were. There might have only been like two. We know there's more than one because it's plural. But there might have been a whole crew of magi, right? They just only brought three. Maybe they were cheap. Maybe they went together. They're like, all right, I'm only giving a little bit of gold. I don't know. We have no idea. We do know they weren't here. See, on, on Christmas night, these guys saw a star from somewhere in the Far East. We guess Persia, maybe Iraq. They were probably astrologers. They saw the star. They're like, we should go investigate that. Tomorrow morning, let's start packing, come up with a plan. They began a journey that took them to Jerusalem where they got some instructions from the really insecure king, eventually traveled to Bethlehem where Mary and Joseph at that point were living in a house. Significant time had passed probably a year before they showed up. So they did show up. They did bring gifts. They're part of the story, however many of them there were. They just don't belong here. Okay. 
Now let's talk about these shepherds. The shepherds did show up. They do actually belong there, but only for a minute. In the Christmas story, they showed up. They're like, this angel came, told us about a baby. And Mary was like, I know. Can you go away? No crying he makes, right? Like, we, we don't think they hung out. They went back to their sheep. Matter of fact, the, the story tells us they returned praising God, glorifying God in their hearts, but they went back to work. So the shepherds, although they were there, did not stay long. And so they're not really the focal point of this story they need to go to. Let's talk about the cattle who are lowing, which appear nowhere in the actual Christmas story. We added them in the carols because we think it's a barn. It's not actually a barn. It's probably a cave where animals used to be because there was a feeding trough. And so surely at some point in time there were animals. Let's add them so that more kids can have parts in the play. We needed non-speaking parts for my kids. Um <laughs> But we don't even know that they were there. And for sure, even if they were, they're not the point of the story. The animals really need to go away. It begins to give us some clarity. Begins to simplify a little bit where we actually are. The holy family, Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus. We talked a little bit about Joseph last week. Do you know why Joe was picked? Because his name was Joe. Like he wasn't meant to be a big deal. Simple guy from a simple town that nobody would remember. And then he doesn't appear anywhere else in the story. The word parents is used at the end of Luke chapter 2 when Jesus is around 12 years old. We assume that's a reference to Joseph. We know Mary had other kids. We don't know if it was with Joseph. He very well may have passed. The life expectancy back then was incredibly brief. We don't know. We have no idea what happened to Joseph. And here's why. God didn't want the story to be about Joseph. So he's not really the focus. Which leaves us with Mary. What I'm about to say is not actually in the Bible. It's important to say that. But I believe it's biblically true. That God in his infinite wisdom said, let me find a girl no one will make a big deal about. And that's who I'm going to send the Savior of the world through. And we've made a huge deal about her. Like, we pray to her and and have statues about her and have even deified her. And literally, I feel like God's up in heaven going, I picked the least particular person on purpose so that you wouldn't make such a big deal about her. Just a nondescript virgin girl from a small town. Mary's not the point. And Mary certainly is not the center of the story. Any hope for shalom, shalom, this Christmas season comes from our minds and our hearts being stayed on the baby born in a manger. It's all about Jesus. It's about nothing else. Everything else at best is noise surrounding the point of the story. It's about him. And and this week we have an opportunity because we are accountable for where our minds rest. We have an opportunity this week to intentionally, strategically, systematically 
turn down all the other noise and all the other distractions. We have the opportunity this morning to stay. To rest, to lean on with all of our weight, the Savior of the world come to rescue us. There is shalom, shalom, nowhere else. It's not just that he's good, and it's not just that he deserves to be our attention. It's that to look anywhere else and to let our minds rest anywhere else will rob us of the very peace that we're longing for. I just beg you, because I love you, this week, please discipline your heart to put down your phone. To turn down the chaos. Maybe you need to cancel some plans as if COVID hasn't already done enough of that for us. Say, you know what? We need some stillness in our world. Because my mind is everywhere else but Him. That begins this Christmas by making sure we know that we've placed our faith in that baby to save us from their sins. If ever there was a Christmas to walk through and to be aware, to be reminded, we have no promise of next Christmas. Surely it's Christmas 2020, right? If ever there was a Christmas. This morning, Maurice and I lost a friend from high school to COVID-19, my age. We went to senior prom together. No known pre-existing conditions. This thing called life is frail. It's not full of promises, false promises, if there would have been any. So if you don't know that your faith is centered in Jesus, I beg you this morning, there's never been a better time to say, I need to talk to somebody about whether or not I've ever been born again. You can do that by clicking the link near this video that says, Can We Talk? Or as we sing a, one final song about the goodness of God, there will be some men and women in the prayer room in the back. We would love to have that conversation with you. Maybe this morning as we worship, you're like, man, my mind's just everywhere but Jesus. I need a prayer for focus. Because that's the heart this morning. So we, we've talked about praising our way to peace and preaching our way to peace and pursuing our way to peace. And the heart this morning is, that we would prioritize our way to peace. It's found in Christ and in Christ alone.